How's it going, sci-fi fans? This is Alex Malari from Dark Matter, and you are listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. This episode brought to you by Michael Crate and James Husband. Special love goes out to Lee Kemp, who manages our Facebook page. If you like what you're hearing here on the Sci-Fi Diner, feel free to leave us a tip at patreon.com backslash sci-fi, spelled the right way. And by Audible. Get a free audiobook when you sign up today. AudibleTrial.com backslash sci-fi diner. Engage. Science fiction is an existential metaphor. It allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, where we serve up interviews, news, and our view on the world of science fiction. Come, grab a chair, and enjoy the conversations. I'd say we've got an unexpected guest. Rose. We're going, we don't need Rose. Yes, who's coming to dinner? Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. Good evening, I am Miles P. McLaughlin. And I am Dave Sellers. And uh, tonight, we might have M joining us here in just a little bit, but Miles, can you tell us a little bit about what's going on on our menu tonight? Yeah, so we're just coming off. We had of a sci-fi convention, the Farpoint convention we, we get to go to every year. That was a lot of fun. So Dave and I and M were there. We had a good time. Uh, we got some more uh, news about shore leave guests, which we'll be talking about. And there was a fun little um, remake uh, or reenactment of a Back to the Future scene that Tom Holland and Robert Downey Jr. Uh, did. And that that's kind of got the internet buzzing. Is there a, you know, talks of a possible back to the future, um, remake. And then, uh, we are going to, uh, talk a little bit more about Picard because Picard rocks. No, no, you can just, you can just stop right there because Picard period. Well, we would have to change the name of the show to the, the The Picard Picard show. show. I'm sure we're not ready to quite do that yet. I'm not sure there's any other shows out there like that. I mean, no one's talking about Picard. No, no, nobody, nobody's talking about Picard. Uh, nobody has an opinion about it. No, no, absolutely not. And we have an interview tonight. <laughs> but uh, keeping with Star Trek, um, so M, Dave, and I, we had a chance to talk to Mr. Anthony Montgomery. Uh, he played Ensign uh, Travis uh, Mayweather. I said his name wrong in the interview, and I got corrected. So, folks, <laughs> if you interview a celebrity guest, make sure you know the, the, the character's name because – they will correct you and they will embarrass you and they will shame you. <laughs> yes. It's not, it's not the first time this has happened to miles. No. I and mean, you would think I would learn my lesson by now, but, um, Hey, you but, can't teach an old dog new tricks. Come on. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He was, he, he was kind in his, uh, correction, but he, he let me know that I, I screwed up. But <laughs> regardless, we still had, a, we still had a, a fantastic conversation with him. He was uh, a good guy to talk to. Um, I had a chance to go to his panel um, that weekend, and uh, you know it was you know good talking with him. Uh, so we're we're going to share our interview uh, with you uh, in this show. Yeah, absolutely. Well, why don't we go in before we get into all that good stuff? Let's find out a little bit about what is going on in each of our sci-fi world. Like we always start off, this is kind of like the appetizer. Like what have we been doing in the world of sci-fi? And Dave, let's start with you. And you can keep your comments on Picard and Farpoint brief, but you may mention, of course. Go ahead, Dave. All right. Um, yeah, that's really the two highlights of my my uh, sci-fi world right now is watching, looking forward to every Thursday to watch Picard and uh, going down to Farpoint. Um, I got a new game while I was down at Farpoint. Uh kind of pulled the audience during the live show because I couldn't decide between two, and it was pretty unanimous. Um, we got the Firefly, the game. Uh, it's good because it's solo play. I've ran through it about four times now and lost every time. Um, it's it's tough. I'm still trying to learn the, uh, the intricacies of it all. But really, that's about it. Um, next up, hopefully I'm going to try to start this week, is watching the final season of Clone Wars, which Disney Plus just dropped. Um, actually get that show to have a proper ending, which I'm really looking forward to. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Miles, how about you? 
so I'll leave Picard out for the moment. Uh, shows that are on my radar, uh, Project Blue Book, uh, CW superhero shows, most of them, I should say, and uh, The Manifest on NBC. I'm reading a new time travel novel, new for me anyways. Uh, it's called Pushback by S.A. Eisen. Uh, I'll be done with that book probably tonight before I go to bed. And next on the list, I just bought it on Amazon. Um, keeping it with you know, the Picard theme, uh, it, it's the Picard uh, novel, um, The Last Best Hope by uh, Una McCormick. This will probably be the tie-in novel between what he did after the events of Nemesis leading up to uh, the new show. Oh, so I'm looking, cool. looking forward to uh, hearing your review of that book. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, I can't wait to re read that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, in my uh, sci-fi world, I, too, am watching Picard. But even more importantly, my son now considers himself a Star Trek fan. Um, and there's much rejoicing. Yes. Yeah, so we are two episodes from completing the first season of Next Generation because of Picard. Oh, wow. Um, so we're getting through, uh, you know, the first two seasons were a bit rocky for a lot of people, but we're getting through them and he's enjoying them immensely. We just got through the uh, the one episode where the guy is manipulating time in order to get across to parallel dimensions. And um, it's a uh, with a lady that apparently Picard stiffed in France many, many years ago before the Academy. If you remember that episode. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, OK. Yeah, so he uh, we just finished that one, and uh, so we're, we we get through about five six episodes a week and really enjoy it. So, yeah, yep. So it's uh, pretty awesome, pretty awesome. Um, so I'm doing that. Besides Picard, uh, so I'm still reading the Throne of Glass series. I'm in. I don't. I forget what the book is actually called. I'm in book six of the series, and just really enjoying that series. Still playing a lot of League of Legends. And, and and I'm enjoying that as well. And uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Oh, I just watched Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. I know it's not really science fiction, but maybe it fits into the spy-fi type of things. Um, but I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, who's who's the, uh, the quirky guy, um, Paul? The guy that plays Scotty in the new Star Trek. Is it JJ Star Trek? Oh, um. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You oh, know, now I'm having a brain fart. Yeah, me too. Yep. Yeah, so mm -hmm. he's in. He's in this one as Vin Rhymes, and of course, uh, uh, Alec Baldwin, and um, and then Tom Cruise, and it's just fantastic. Um, oh, Simon Pegg. Yeah. Thank you. Simon. Thank you. Uh, Henry Cavill's also in it. So a great cast. It was. It was. It was a really neat. So the other movie besides Ghost Protocol that I've been watching has been uh, The Immigrant. I watched the movie. It was, it's Jackie Chan, Pierce Brosnan are in it. It takes place in Ireland. Uh, it was, came out in 2017. I vaguely remember hitting theaters, but it had the spy-fi kind of thing where Jackie Chan's daughter gets killed by this bomb that the IRA claims, and Pierce Brosnan's character is part of the old IRA and claims to know nothing about it. And Jackie Chan wants uh, justice done for his daughter, um, and uh, so this is kind of the whole the whole story is him trying to get Pierce Brosman to get justice for his daughter, and he ends up dismantling Pierce Brosman's character along the way. It's very uh, revenge oriented. It's very nice. Cool, cool, yeah. So I recommend it. So it was, it was a good treadmill movie. Let me put it that way. So, <laughs> treadmill. What's that? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Um, oh, I, 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 I can tell you a lot about it. I was, uh, I was on the elliptical. So, uh, so go figure. All right. So, uh, well, that's good. Um, anything else people are reading or watching they want to share? That's uh, that's about it. About it for now. All right. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, let's talk about something that's really fresh on all your minds is. Tell me about Farpoint. What uh, what was Farpoint like this year? What were you down there? What was it like? What who'd you meet, etc.? Dave, you want to start? Well, yeah, the uh aside from the guests that we got the interview, which was really cool, um met this uh 
I'm guessing husband and wife, it looked like, who were dressed as Klingons, but they they uh, really went all out. I mean, their their costumes were really good. And uh, they have a Facebook page. It's called Project Stardate. Um, I think the diner followers follows them now. But they're doing a lot of really cool stuff. And he was telling us his next big project is building a one-to-one scale model of a next-gen shuttle pod. And they got a picture of the blueprints or, the, or, a, or at least a sketch of it, what it's going to look like on their page and it, it is really cool. They're, they're going, they're going all out. They were pretty neat to meet. Yeah. I, I, I yeah, they were, I met them too. I mean, they look like they walked off the set of next generation or a, a show after like that. And yeah, their costumes were very professional. Oh yeah. Done. They even had a, uh, one of, uh, Cassidy Yates's outfits, an actual, screen worn outfit they were brought to get her to sign <laughs> wow they were toting that thing around it was pretty cool i actually held that outfit while i took a picture of them it was fun oh yeah, yeah. you did <laughs> that's right yeah and miles has not washed his hands yep. since <laughs> <laughs> well that's cool uh, and uh did you uh, did you see any were you were you part of any panels dave that you really enjoyed no, just, I sat in, uh, the only one I actually sat in on maybe two different panels, um, not as a panelist, but, um, one was on, uh, sci-fi literature, which was, it was a good panel. I liked that one a lot. And, uh, the one miles sat on talking about mirror universe and that was quite entertaining. Awesome. That was quite entertaining. There's like, you know, the guy we talked about before the show here, the guy, uh, He's dressed up as Q in the judge's robes. Think about every time we've been down there and he was, he was on there. He, he was in character for a good bit of it. It was, a, uh, it was quite humorous. Well, that's, that's awesome. Uh, Miles, tell me a little bit about your experience at Farpoint this year. Yeah. So I, I, I meant, meant to go, I, I, I was able to go all three days and I get in there to get my, my, my uh, badge and uh, I, I see a you know lovely young lady dressed up as uh, Ensign Tilly from Discovery. I took her picture and put that on the Facebook page. So it's just cool seeing people already in in their best um, you know cosplay already. Um, and you know I, I walked around a little bit. Um, I got to know a cosplayer um, a little when I was down there or I got acquainted with her her name. She goes by the name of justice J and, uh, she's, she's African American, but she cosplays, you know, everybody, but she's managed to, you know, use her cosplaying for, you know, uh, you know, to, to, for, for business and, and to do, do a little bit of activism. I, I actually got a chance to interview her. So sometime we'll, we'll, we'll share that interview. So that, that, that was good. You know, just, it's always good to meet new people down there and, and, uh, get to, um, you know, talk about the things we like in sci-fi. She was a treasure trove of all things Marvel. And, uh, you know, I'm gonna, there's some things I might have to check out just because just, uh, just having a conversation with her. Um, Saturday, I had a good time with uh, Dave and M as we were, you know, doing the live show and the interviews. Uh, meeting the celebrity guests was fun. Uh, I think we didn't get a chance to interview uh, Mary Chifu. She wasn't doing interviews, but she was very nice. I got a nice picture with her. And I went to her panel that weekend. Um, the panel I, I did with uh, on the Mirror Universe was a lot of fun. Like like Dave said, uh, there was the, the guy who cosplays as Q, the judge. Uh, he was doing it in character, but doing it in a funny way. So it made the panel even more entertaining. So it was myself, Q, uh, Keith DeCanado, who was always entertaining, but who was also written for Star Trek Mirror Universe. Um, another guy who was... Uh, uh, promoting, um, I believe he was promoting his own his own fan film, but original work was there. So we were we were having a good time talking all things Mirror Universe and how ridiculous it was at times. But you know, and it was aptly named. It, was, it, it aptly named. It said it doesn't make sense, but it's fun. And so we talked about how 
it, it didn't make sense a lot of ways, but it's still, it's still, it's still a fun place to go to occasionally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. So I, you know, spent too much money, not on myself, but just on gifts for different people. You know, you go up, you go up to the dealer's rooms and then you, you, you know, at least from my experience, I get all depressed. I see all these things that I really need, but I can't afford all of them. But, you know, I, you know, I toughed it out and, you know, managed not to buy anything for myself and, but, but to buy stuff for other people that I was thinking of buying stuff for. Um, It was good to see Em and Dave. Uh, We don't get together as much, you know, I mean, thank God for the internet. We could do the podcast, but it's always good to to see, see each other. We'll talk We'll talk shore leave that they, they, they had announced two you know, two more guests that I'm excited to, to meet when we, when we get to shore leave uh, this year in July. So yeah, it was, it was far points. Always fun. Uh, special thanks to, uh, uh, Betsy. And, uh, we had, we had two other, uh, people that were very helpful to us in, um, making the, the, the podcast, um, our, our live, live podcast success. Um, Dave, do you remember Martin? Um, Martin Simon was one of them, and Cindy Shockey. Yeah, he, and, yes, and Cindy yes. Shockey. Yeah, that C- yeah. Cindy. Cindy and Martin were very, very helpful to us with with the celebrity interviews. But um, M- Martin was able to integrate our equipment with their equipment. So when we were doing the live show, we could talk the we could use their sound system, so the the people coming coming to the live show can hear us real good. So that that added to it, I thought. Uh, so fantastic. So, uh, much thanks and appreciation goes to Betsy, Cindy and, and Martin for all their help to us that weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It takes, uh, I've always found that that convention that the, uh, the people that we work with are just absolutely beautiful people. Yes. So yes. I, I, I've rarely, yeah. I, I've rarely had a negative experience with any of the staff. Number one, I guess we've had a reputation of being there for so long, but people are just really new out of the way to help make happen. Because I think ultimately at the end of the day, that our success means their success and it's a reflection of them. So, yes, they're fans and you know, you want to go to these things and have a good time. So they want, you know, they want to have a good time. They want you to have a good time. And, um, so again, I, I, I thank them all for uh, all the help they, they were to us this, this past weekend. Yeah. Absolutely. A, couple, a few weekends back. Yeah. So, um, so you could definitely go ahead, Dave. No, I was gonna say, you could definitely tell it's a, uh, it's a convention for fans run and put together by fans. So Dave, as you uh, reflect back on Farpoint, if I were to pin you down and tie you up and force you to tell me one, the best, the best <laughs> moment of Farpoint, what would it be for you? Uh, it was a moment during Penny Johnson Gerald's interview where she looked at me and asked me if I was a parent. And that's all I'm going to say about it. You have to listen to the interview to get the context of it. But it, it was probably the funniest moment for me of the day. It was, it was, it was hilarious. That's that is awesome. Awesome. That, and then, that was a great answer to one of our questions. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it was. <laughs> and, and, That's all we'll say. We won't spoil it. <laughs> no, you'll have to wait a few episodes to hear that interview. Tell me, uh, Miles, how about you? If I were to duct tape you to a wall, what would you uh, tell me being your favorite <laughs> moment at Farpoint? Uh, probably the panel I did with those three gentlemen on the Mirror Universe. It was just it was just fun. It was just, you know, it was silly. It was ridiculous at times, but we were all laughing and having a good time. Um, and, and the guy, the guy who played, uh, the guy who cosplays as Q, he had a lot to do with it. I thought, you know, Keith, Keith is always, you know, he's always fun and entertaining. Uh, that, that was probably my favorite time the whole weekend was, was that, if I, if I if I had to do a number one thing, that was my number one. That thing. was number one. But again, you obviously acknowledging there's many moments that make Farpoint, and it's not just one experience. But good. Well, I'm glad that was awesome, and uh, mm-hmm. I can't wait to hear M's thoughts on Farpoint, especially as we uh, look look at moving forward here. So let's yep. talk a little bit. Um, you you surely is coming up with quite an impressive lineup. Am I correct about that, guys? 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dave's <laughs> lamenting his pocketbook already. It, it's it's depressing, but yeah. I, I, uh, <laughs> All this overtime you're putting in, Dave, come on. Yeah, it's going to pay for it, right? All right. So uh, tell us a little bit about the uh, guests that we have coming up to. Holy Hannah, this uh, guest list is absolutely impressive. Impressive. Well, just the, the amount of guests. I mean, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, you know, nine, ten people. Um, I think that's might have been the most they've uh, they've had at one time. I could be wrong, but I but they announced three more guests at uh, Farpoint. Um, original Star Trek fans will will uh, will know the name Barbara Luna. She actually. W- played in that um she's a guest star in that uh, mirror universe episode in star trek uh fans of uh, warehouse 13 uh remember eddie mcclintock he's coming back to shore leave he's been a guest there a, f- a few times he's always he's always been fun we've had a nice interview with him uh but probably the maybe he might be the headliner this year uh will be brandon ralph uh he was superman superman returns and he's uh, he's been playing um, Ray Palmer, the Atom, um, on the CW superhero shows, but mostly on uh, Legends. Um, so so that was uh, you know that was pretty huge, yeah. Wow! But you have so many other guests here. Like this guest list, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention you know Jewel State, Adam Baldwin, Robert Duncan, Gates McFadden, Brett Spiner, and Alec Kingston. I mean, all these are like phenomenal actors in their own right oh yeah and if you're you know you don't I mean if you're a fan of other things besides star trek i mean they'll have somebody from star wars he he was in the the, the original star wars movie played wedge Antilles, dennis lawson if you're a fan of doctor who um alex kingston played river song uh we're all fans of firefly here um so we'll, we'll get you know adam baldwin and jewel state i mean i'm really looking forward to meeting them yeah absolutely mm-hmm. So some of them say they're going to be there Saturday and Sunday only, and that makes it a bit more difficult for us to get interviews, but it certainly won't be for the lack of trying. Yes, we. I'm going to be definitely try to get, you know, I would love to get to interview a lot of the, well, all these people, but, yep. you know, we'll, we'll do what we can. Yep. So I do need to get your signed form. I need to get them back to uh, Mike Schilling. I need to send those out to you. I'll try to remember to do that here in a little bit, but, but this lineup absolutely looks impressive this year when is uh does anyone know when uh, shore leave is running this year yes it is running the weekend of july 10th through 12th okay so uh far away but maybe not as far away as we uh sometimes think so it'll be here before you know it that's for sure less less than five months yeah absolutely yeah Mm mm-hmm well, awesome. Well, uh, it dropped in the internet a few weeks ago, actually, maybe about two weeks ago, that Tom Holland and uh, Robert Downey Jr. are going to be in Back to the Future 4. Is that right? Well, <laughs> not quite. <laughs> um, and But they did create some buzz by reenacting um, one or two scenes from the franchise. So and, it was, uh, a, it, to be fair, it was a deep fake, what they call a deep fake where they actually kind of superimpose their faces over the actors, other faces um, and said the lines. Um, okay. So, so it wasn't like they recreated the whole scene. Um mm-hmm. But it I looked, figured there was some CGI involved. Yeah, there was definitely CGI, but it was um, it def it definitely made it possible that other actors could potentially play these characters, right? Yeah, and uh, in watching it, I thought Tom Holland he does bear a resemblance to uh, Michael J. Fox, and Robert Downey Jr. should have I mean have no problem channeling uh, i mean if right. um, you know christopher lloyd but if they ever if they ever decide to do it hopefully he'll do something to make the role his own if, if they if they would ever go that route so let me just play this clip i'm gonna play the minute and a half clip but then i want to talk about um whether back to the future needs to be a either has a have a fourth episode 
or B, needs to even be remade? So those are the two questions I want you to be thinking about as I'm uh, playing this clip that, that, that dropped just a little bit ago. How's your head? Oh, uh, good. Fine. Oh, I've been so worried about you ever since you ran off the other night. Are you okay? Doc, she didn't even look at him. This is more serious than I thought. Apparently, your mother is amorously infatuated with you instead of your father. Whoa, wait, wait a minute. Doc, are you trying to tell me that my mother has got the hots for me? Precisely. Whoa, this is heavy. There's that word again, heavy. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? What? The only way we're going to get those two to successfully mate is if they are alone together. So you've got to get your father and mother to interact in some sort of social... Well, what, you mean like a date? What? What kind of date? I don't know. What are kids doing in their 50s? They're your parents. You must know them. What are their common interests? What do they like to do together? Nothing. All right, so that was the uh, clip that you had of them, the, the two of them into high school trying to figure out how they're going to get Marty McFly's parents back together. Yes. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> you know, very convincingly done, number one. Um, you're going to have a try- hard time <laughs> telling you to tell me that this was not actually filmed on the lot of Universal Studio, you know? Well, yeah, if you're CGI and their faces on the actors. I mean, it looks f- flawless. I didn't, you know, I knew there's CGI involved, but I thought maybe that, you know, Downey and uh, Holland, you know, gotten, gotten costume and kind of acted this out. I wasn't, you know, didn't know that there was, did they just CGI their face to it? Yeah. So they use a software called deep, deep face lab. Um, mm-hmm. And Hip Film Express, and uh, they kind of they, they talk about how they do it. If you if you go to the YouTube channel that I just played, uh, and it's uh, the, the YouTube channel is Easy Rider R Y D E R X forty seven, and he explains he is like the, he has tutorials on how to do deep fakes and so on. Um, but you'll see a lot of his CGI, but it kind of got the role. People were began to talk. It was like, is Back to the Future ready for? Number one, a reboot, or number two, for a fourth movie in the franchise. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, do we need another Back to the Future movie? Do we? Uh, does it need to be rebooted? My daughter's yelling in the other room. No. no. Um, <laughs> uh, but what? Are, what are you guys? What are your thoughts? No, uh, Dave. It doesn't go ahead. Need to be. Yeah, Dave. Why don't you start go first, and then go ahead, Miles. No. It does not because they're going to get some goofball like J.J. Abrams in to direct it, and he's going to screw it all up like he did with Star Trek. Maybe now, it'll be Back to the Future, the Mirror Universe. No, look, <laughs> Back to the Future. Back to the Future is is perfect. As for me, I mean, the third movie, yeah, a little goofbally, but I mean, this clip. I mean, it scared the snot out. It scares me, the fact that we can do that kind of stuff now. But that's a whole different topic. But it took me a good 10, 15 seconds into watching that, that that wasn't Michael J. Fox. But I, I don't I, I don't think you need to remake it. It, it, it's, it was perfect for its time. It, it holds up so well. It's such a great movie. I'd be afraid of ruining the good name with a reboot or a continuation or whatever. But that's just my opinion. Okay. And Miles, how about you? I agree. We don't need it, but I would like to see more time travel movies. um, There hasn't been any really new ones that I know of in a while. Um, I, if they did, 
I wouldn't I wouldn't nerd rage against it so much uh, because I think um, Downey and Holland's performance in this is is great. Um, so I, I'm hoping if 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 something like this ever came to fruition that the project would be good. Um, but if they don't do if they don't do this, that's okay. I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's interesting because according to Tom Holland, there have been some discussions about doing a reboot um, or doing a uh, sequel. Um, uh, But interesting enough, if you go back to 2018, the director of Back to the Future says another sequel can't be done. Like Robert Semeca said, we're done. We're not doing it. And he said that numerous times that they are not going to make another Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the reality is uh-huh. money talks, right? How much are you going to pay? And uh-huh. when, when, exactly. when does the dollar amount get high enough for Robert Semeca saying, oh, what the hell? Let's do it. And, and, and re- go ahead, Dave. No, I was gonna say, and and really, do we have no new ideas? I mean, time travel movies are great, but do we have to continue to rehash and reboot stuff that's been done, what, 30, 40 years ago, continuously? Let's just, let's just try something a little new, something a little fresher. Says the people that are totally into the Picard to say it. <laughs> But it's still new. It is, but we're, we're it's not. A but it's continuation, but it's still it's not. A, it's not an original idea, though. I mean, the storyline's original. Don't get, get me wrong, but it's not like you're building well, like a whole new franchise. There you go. <laughs> but again, it, it, I'm just it, but it's part idea. of a franchise yeah. that has been. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you're here. Yeah. Well, yeah. So uh, it is what it is, right? Um, and uh, we'll see. There's, there's certainly this. There's no way that this has been confirmed. There's been some talks, but people are always talking, and talks don't mean a thing until you actually get a studio behind it, and people who own the rights to it release it, saying that, "Hey, let's let's do this thing, right?" Yeah, and Zemeckis, I, th- I think he still owns the rights to it. Yeah, and he hell. and he's pretty so, ad- he's pretty adamant right now. At least the most recent interviews I've seen with him has said, "Nope, nope, no Back to the Future for you." So, yeah, he's he's trying to protect it, and I understand it. I mean, th- think of a movie franchise we enjoyed back in the eighties or nineties, and there's been a, a remake of it, and it wasn't that good. So, we well, you know, know I'm, I'm of two minds. I'm I'm like. Maybe there's a possibility they could come up with a, a great story that still honors the original, but um, still tells a great story. But then I'm also of the other mind that you know re- some of these remakes have not uh, do um, do it with his grandchildren or something like Marty's grandchildren. Do it something that way, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, and I mean, look at all the look at all the. And this may be a good film, but uh, the new Ghostbusters movie—I mean, people are really overreacting at the trailer. Um, I I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I mean, um, I'm like, well, let's wait till we see the when when the movie comes out. But you know, a lot of hate's already come out for that, and it's you know, as you know, it's we only saw one trailer so far. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and even that was more like a teaser trailer, so it mm-hmm. is what it is. But well let's talk uh let, let's move on to talk about Picard a little bit. We're now what, six episodes into Picard? Seven? Um I believe. Seven will be this week, I think. All right. So uh well the last time we talked about it in the show, we were four episodes back. A lot has happened. Um, oh, what? yeah. And uh, yeah, let me back up. A lot has happened in the card, <laughs> right? Uh, and uh, fantastic show, loving Picard. 
absolutely loving this show. And uh, if I could just go on by saying some of my favorite moments, seeing Jerry Ryan back, absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Seeing the interaction between Hugh and Picard on the on the artifact, phenomenal. Um, just uh, some, they're, they're, it's been a good story. Um, seeing the uh, duplicity of the doctor, the bio the scientist that obviously Starfleet or the Romulans have gotten to. That's pretty awesome. I, I'm enjoying the show. It's a real good show. Agreed. Agreed. That's going to be an interesting one to see how it plays out with the doctor because she's already having a hard time holding it together. Nothing that, least, yeah. Yeah. that way. Yeah. Nothing that a little captain love can't take care of. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. Uh, exactly. Like some, um, Meaningless sex to help you forget that you just murdered somebody. I know. Always earlier works. For, that always day. works for me. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever takes the edge off, I guess. You know? <laughs> Where's Kristen right now? Edge <laughs> off. Um. No. Uh, I'm this with you, Scott. MA. <laughs> yeah. Sci-fi Honor podcast. No longer family friendly. Um. No, but uh, you know it's. It was, you know, one of my favorite episodes this season has to be the whole Jerry Ryan, you know, kicking butt and taking names in the in in the in the bar. Um, just an incredible scene, seeing how that all transpired, um, and with a tragic ending. But I look at each episode, and each one brings something unique. I was talking with Kiefer about the episode that I just got done mentioning. And for the first time, we aren't on the artifact at all. That's the episode that we get Jerry Ryan. We get what's happening down at the bar. We get what's happening with the ship. But that's about it. Um, but really enjoying yeah. it overall. Well, it's it's interesting to see where life's journey has taken seven of nine. Uh, we we kind of get uh, some closure with uh, a character from Voyager, uh, Echep. Um, sadly, we, you know, his uh, Borg parts are harvested, and um, you know, you know he he's too close to death, so he asks uh, Seven of Nine to you know put him out of his misery, and you know for her it's like killing her, you know somebody you know you know they're, they're, it's almost like a parent child relationship, like, a mer- like almost like a children. mercy killing of some sort. But you know she, I, but it's very maternal though. It's it's. You know that's you know so she so she she has definitely grown in you know in her humanity she she regarded this young man as you know like her child they they have a lot in common they're both um, liberated Borg and um, you know she's helped him and I guess he's helped her along their their recovery through this um, and it was a nice Easter egg they dropped the woman is you know. You know, taking the Borg parts out, and, and, and she goes, uh, "Where, where's your uh, uh, cortical node?" And that's a nice callback to a Voyager episode. Uh, so he he gave that to Seven because hers was failing, because because he was a he was only a teenager, he was still he was less dependent upon this thing, and so he he donated this this part for her. Wow, so I would I would have never, I would have never caught that. Yeah, so the, I didn't. The, the show is making you know if 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 you know if if you know if you know that Star Trek there's Easter eggs being thrown out all over the place, um, and so that they, they do a, they're doing a really good job with that. But this last episode, I, I you know you figure Picard, every person he who he has asked or help for, he has a a uh, complicated relationship with uh, with just about everybody on that ship. I mean, the captain he's hired out, uh, the doctor he doesn't really know a whole lot about. Uh, his former first officer still hates him. Um, this young man, you know, you know, even though he's agreed to help him, it's still a complicated relationship. He runs into Hugh, and it's like it's finally nice to see a friendly face. And you know, it. it 
you know, I, you almost teared up a little just seeing, you know, th- these two guys, you know, hug it out. They both have been through a lot. Right. And, and just, well, that scene where Picard is having a, just a, this breakdown of being on a Borg cube again. And, you know, he, the, there's these two at, f- former Borg that are restraining him. And he's like, he's afraid these are real Borg again. And it's like, no, they're just, you know, Hugh says they're trying to make sure you don't fall off. Right. So, um, excuse me, but, <clears throat> but yeah, the, the, the show, the show has been great. Yeah. Um, I, I've been, I've been loving it. With some great teasers as to who we just might see this next episode. Oh yeah. We're going to go, go back. He's going to go back and, and see his former first officer and, and, and former ship's counselor, you know, hopefully, hopefully. Hopefully, well, well, they've been teasing this thing out. Right, for we saw that now. like we told that like two out like second episode into the series. We're like, oh, coming up in Picard. Well, it's coming up, just not the next episode. So yeah, yeah they, they did tease that. You know, you, they thought, okay, you're gonna see them early on. No, we're, we're getting near, near the end. That's okay. I'm okay with that. That's you know, it's, it, the writing's been been good. I'm okay with when it, you know, this is Picard's journey, but I'm glad we're getting to see people that we know and love on the way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So where do we hope this series goes in the final episodes? We have like four episodes left. Uh, Cause I think it's a 10 episode arc. Where do you hope, mm-hmm. wh- where do you hope this takes us in the final four episodes? Well, I, you know, this is Picard's redemption story, but the people on the ship, I think, for some of them, it's their redemption also. This captain, uh, his former first officer, uh, maybe this this young man who is like Picard's uh, muscle. Um, you know, maybe may, may, maybe they'll find some redemption in their lives throughout this. I was, I was talking to a friend at church um, about this, and you know, just that it's a redemption story. He goes, but um, you know. Um, you know, he he wasn't he didn't know that that Picard's supposed to run for two seasons. He you know he thought that you know Picard's probably probably be dying soon. It's like this is Star Trek. It's science fiction. They'll find a cure. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I I I don't think we're going to worry about uh, Picard dying anytime soon. Even though they kind of implied it early on. I want to see lore come into play. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, last we saw him, they deactivated him. We don't know what they did with him. Yeah, that is true. Uh, I, I thought Data maybe took him apart and, you know, um, ma- made sure he'd never be reactivated again. But that, you know, we we could still deal with that. Uh, well, Dave, maybe you understood when, when when Soji is going through this thing, this dream, and mm-hmm. it's this mental block to find out what's going on. She sees these two planets. Do, do you know what that was about? I think it's a hidden thing. I know because Romulans are trying to get her because they want to find out where the rest of the synthetics are. Mm-hmm. So it almost seems like there's a colony of synthetics somewhere and that those two planets are some kind of, I don't know if it's the destination or if it's just a, a landmark on the way or what, but it, it's almost seeming like, and, and my thought is that, that, uh, uh, what's his name? The guy that the doctor killed. Oh, uh, Maddox. Maddox. Maddox is doctor that was killed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That he went off and started creating synthetic somewhere else. And that there's like probably a whole colony of them of sorts on this planet. And, I think part of Picard's redemption, he couldn't save the Romulan, so he's going to try to save save Data's offspring. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. That's that's my thought. That's, that's kind of where I think that was leading toward. Yeah, well, we'll we will see. <laughs> we will definitely see. But um, without a doubt. Um, I haven't been following uh, the forums and you guys were at Farpoint 
what were people saying about it? Do people in general like this show? I mean, I'm loving it. It's getting Kiefer into next generation, but um, what are people saying about it? Like a far point. Oddly enough, I, I didn't, I really didn't talk to him, talk to about Picard with uh, a lot of people over there. There was just um, other thing, you know, I, I know Picard is, you know, probably on everybody's minds, but, I really didn't get that deep into Picard with other people there. The, uh, the audience to the live show seemed to be liking it. We talked about it a little bit during our show there very briefly, Mm -hmm. but everybody seemed to seem to like it, but yeah, there was, well, there was no panel about it or, or any real big discussions on it. Yeah. Well, That'll probably um, be coming at surely. Yeah, surely there's bound to be tons of discussions on that. Well, that's a fine. I think that's a decent discussion on Picard, and uh, we would love to hear your thoughts on Picard. Are you loving Picard? We want to hear from you. You can email us at the sci-fi diner podcast at gmail.com, message us on Twitter, or reach out to us on Facebook. What are you thinking of Picard? But let's move into our the interview. This is an interview that you guys did during the live show of, uh, of Farpoint. Uh, Miles, tell us a little bit about uh, who this interview is with and how how you guys went about doing this interview. Sure. So we got a chance to talk to uh, Anthony Montgomery. Uh, he was on uh, Star Trek Enterprise when it ran from 2001 to 2005. He played uh, uh, Ensign uh, Travis uh, Mayweather, not Merriweather. Uh, that was a dumb mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but uh, the the good people at the con uh, Betsy and Cindy uh, helped arrange for that to happen. And uh, we had a nice sit down interview with him. I wanted to ask him more about, he, he has an upcoming project, but I was getting the go home cue from, um, from Betsy, but uh, Anthony took, you know, you're not going to keep him quiet about, you know, his new project. So I'm glad he just, you know, took the extra time to uh, promote his, um, he did a, um, a uh, um, graphic novel and looks like it's going to be turned into a anime project and um, I'll let him talk more about it. But, um, but yeah, so, so yeah, that, that's how, that's how we got a chance to talk to uh, Anthony Montgomery. That's awesome. Awesome. And, uh, and fantastic job. He was on, uh, and uh, he was on which series again? Can you, you said it? I just missed it. Uh, Star Trek Enterprise. Star Trek Enterprise. Very good. Mm-hmm. Very good. And um, and uh, so, yeah. So if you're a Star Trek fan, you're going to love this interview. And uh, mm-hmm. what was it? About 15, 20 minutes long? Y- yeah. Uh, we'll come back after the interview and we'll wrap up the show. I heard this platform's been approved for biotransport. I presume you mean fruits and vegetables. I mean armory officers and helmsmen. But I think I'm quite ready to have my molecules compressed into a data stream. They claim it's safe. Do they indeed? Well, I certainly hope the captain doesn't plan on making us use it. Don't worry. From what I'm told, he wouldn't even put his dog through this thing. (sighs) Ah. This is ridiculous. I asked for plasma coils. And they send me a case of valve sealant. There's no chance I can have these weapons online in three days. We're just taking a sick man back to his home world. Why do we need weapons? Didn't you read the profile report on these Klingons? Hmm. Apparently they sharpen their teeth before they go into battle. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're at Shore Leave 2020, and we're hanging out with Mr. Anthony Montgomery. His IMDb page impressive list of comedy, horror, and guest starring in some of the most popular genre TV soap opera fans. See Mr. Montgomery coming back uh, next month in General Hospital. Star Trek fans know and love him best for playing helmsman of the NX-01 Enterprise, playing Ensign Travis Merriweather in four seasons of Star Trek Enterprise. Travis Mayweather, not Merriweather. Forgive me, sir. And I may or may not be on General Hospital next month. You can see me recurring on there. 
but I don't know when I'll be back. So I just don't want your listeners to okay. say, hey, he's going to be on General Hospital and then me not show up for six months. I don't know when I'll be back. I did Google it and it seemed it's, the source seems certain, so I apologize if no, that was... Oh, uh, the source says that I'm coming back? Well, you know more than I do, so thank, <laughs> you for, thank you for telling me I'll be working soon. I appreciate it. I, 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 hope, I hope it goes in your favor, sir. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. Well, we're delighted talking to you. I appreciate um, you. Thank you, guys. And um, it, it's hard to believe it's almost 20 years since Enterprise came on the air. But wow. It, uh, fans still love it. Fans still talk about it. Uh, can you tell us the story how you got the role of uh, Ensign Mayweather? Ah, Travis, it was when I initially auditioned for it, I auditioned for Voyager. I auditioned with Ron Serma, the casting director, mm-hmm. and I went in for a role on Voyager, and I didn't get that role, but Ron remembered me on the show, and they brought me back in for Voyager fans will know what this is. I never saw the episode, but he brought me in for a role as a transmission of Tuvok's son. So I don't know what the episode was, but I would not have been physically there. You remember the episode? I see somebody out there like, yo, I remember what he's talking about. So I auditioned for that, but they said I didn't look alien enough. Whatever that means, which is a good thing, because as I've learned, once you get established in the Star Trek family, depending on how you get established, that's just what you are. That was the second time. And then the third time they brought me back in, I was told that they had looked near and far for Travis. They had gone through... If what they told me is true, they had gone through 55 other actors and could not find him. And I went in. They, I had a great read with Ron. He asked me to come back to see producers. I met Rick and Brandon and Jim Conway, our director for uh, Broken Bow. And they said, we want to test you for, the, for Paramount, mm-hmm. for the studio. And I was the only person that they took back for the test. I found out within about 10 minutes, 15 minutes of leaving the test that I got the job. And my life literally changed from that moment on. It changed forever because I I was at my agent's office reading a low budget horror script that I was about to go audition for and uh, because I mean as an actor your job is just to audition and if you're blessed to get the job then that's great that's extra but you just keep going and it's a numbers game so you just keep going and going and I just I said hey no the the test felt great I don't know what's going to happen let me know when you hear back and I'm reading the script and her phone rang and she said, okay, would you repeat that? You're calling to do a pickup for Anthony Montgomery who booked the role of Travis Mayweather and I threw my script in the air. I was like, I, I screamed like a little girl. It was hilarious. Yeah, it was great. I noticed, I don't know if it was a conscious decision, but with a lot of the, the guys figure yourself in Enterprise, you all look very fit. Like, you all went to the gym every day. I, I did, yes. <laughs> I don't know if everybody did, but yeah, I made but most, sure. But, but a lot of your co-stars looked like you did. I was just, was that a conscious decision from, like, the writers, producers? We just want to see the crew well, the best? Or? I don't know. Nobody said anything mm-hmm. to us. They didn't say anything to me about it. I don't know if they said anything to them. But I've been active and physically fit for the bulk of my life. Yeah. And I think, I'm sure there was something in Rick and Brandon saying, hey, let's, because Scott is in such great shape, let's make sure that the rest of the crew is, but you can't, you know, I, I won't put that on them and right. say, nobody came to us and said that. Mm-hmm. It just so happens that 
we happen to be the most fit crew in Starfleet. At least that's what I'll say. I haven't watched all of the other shows, but from the ones that I've seen, I'm like, yeah, we were actually in better shape than most all of them. (laughs) Yes, we worked out a lot. Yeah. You and, and many of your co-stars look like you went to the gym. Well, we had to. You saw the decon scenes. Come oh, on, no. man. Yeah. What are you talking yeah. about? Are you kidding me? You oh, can't no. be a schlock to get in no, those things. No way. No way. Even though they were jumpsuits, there's, there was no room for like, uh, I'm just nah. having kind of a, a hog body day. Nah, there was uh, there was not a lot of margin for error. No. <laughs> you didn't get any cheat days look like during it. Uh, you know what? I did because, like I said, I, I've been active my life, mm-hmm. so I would... I ate junk, um, but I would also go to the gym and I'd work off the junk, mm-hmm. whatever it was. So that's I was a swimmer, I was a diver, I wrestled for a time when I was younger. I tried my hand at baseball, which I sucked at. Um, I tried basketball, which I was very active at, but I wasn't very good at until I got older. So I've just been athletic my life. Just something I noticed distinct about Enterprise, the crew, and, and so you know, God bless and love other crews, but it just seemed the physical fitness level with you with, with your crew just seemed to be at a different level. Uh, yes, agreed. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the girdle budget for Enterprise was much lower than some uh, of the others. I don't know. I didn't realize they had a girdle budget, so that's <laughs> funny. Thank you for telling me that. That's <laughs> really. Yeah, that was, that's where they first introduced the girdle budget. I didn't know that. That's funny. So I'm curious, at what point, like, you get the you get the role? Yes. And it's Star Trek. Yes. Which for some of us is like, oh, like like heaven above. Mm-hmm. Is at what point was there a point that you sat down and you were in a place or among a people or in a or even at home where you just kind of the there was this wash over of you the weight, not the weight, but just the joy for some people, just being a part of this legacy. Because Star Trek's legacy is will endure. Yes. Regardless of what's on TV, what's not on TV, no TV shows, There's, it's just always ever present and ever affecting lives and yes. imaginations. So. You, and uh, people will, that's a good question. These are, um, and many of these, People will read in my autobiography that I'm working on right now. I'm on page 21, Anthony Montgomery, raw and exposed. I'm going to actually talk about my life, my journey, the stuff that I've gone through. And I talk about uh, how I got Enterprise. And I talk about this moment that you are talking about now. Um, As the actor, I didn't put a lot of weight on it because your job is just to go in and see if you can win the room and do your best. Once I got the job and then started to meet the fans and I knew what Star Trek was. I was not a Trekkie by any stretch of the imagination, but I knew what the legacy was and the loyal following that Star Trek has, but it wasn't until I was taken to conventions around the world and people embraced me the way that they did that I sat by myself and just thanked God for the opportunity to be a part of it. Because it was then that I realized the impact that this kid from Indiana was having on people in places around the world that I didn't even know existed. Because no matter, because you're right, um, no matter who you are or where you live, everybody in the world knows what Star Trek is. Even if you don't follow each of the series, even if you can't name one person from them, everybody knows what Star Trek is. And as an actor, you you hope to get an opportunity to be a part of something that's so much greater than you. And for the vision that Gene Roddenberry had for the world and the optimistic view that he had for humanity, it was a blessing for me to be able to be a part of that because 
in my own way as an actor, I want to help leave this world a little bit better than it was before I got here. And I feel like I'm, I've gotten a chance to do that being a part of Enterprise. That's awesome. And we're told we got to close the interview. I think the way you answered that question ends it real well, Mr. Montgomery. Uh, it's a pleasure speaking to you today. Thank I you appreciate so much for your time today. Thank you, guys. Thank you so, so Thank much. Thank you. Thank you. And all of your listeners, be on the lookout. Uh, I'm launching my own sci-fi franchise called Miles Away. Oh, yes. It is... Um, we finished the series Bible, and you guys are anybody that comes to my talk later on will hear this. We finished the series Bible for the animated series, which is what it's going to start as. I launched a graphic novel in 2013. Um, it is going to be an animated series that is going to be a minimum three seasons, potentially five seasons, and that just depends on the fans. If there is a massive following for it then we've ex we can extend seasons two and three so that it goes no more than five and then eventually we're actually my goal is for us to go live action with it there you go. so people that watch the oscars the short the animated short film hair love so good that so won sweet. the oscar yes that company lion forge that was behind them is the company that has licensed miles away oh congratulations so That's when this goes you guys are going to hear about it all over the place and i and i'm saying this here because i created something for my core trek fans out there it's a kid and his family that are the only humans on this alien world and we're gonna have a really fun adventure i can't say much more because they want to do a big announcement but it's going to be something that I want people to stay tuned for. If you aren't following me on social media, please do. It's Mr. A. Montgomery, M-R-A Montgomery, on all the social media platforms. And I'll let everybody know uh, what's happening and how you can follow. It's called Miles Away. And we're going to take you miles away. Thank you guys for having me. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait to check it out. Thank you. Have a wonderful time at thank the you, con. Thank you, thank you. guys. It was a pleasure. <laughs> thank, my girl. My girl. I'm watching out for you, man. Thank you. Well, we hope you enjoyed our interview with Anthony Montgomery. Or I should say Miles M. and Dave's interview since I wasn't there. Um, uh, so uh, I believe that's about it. I, uh, we had talked a little bit uh, offline. And Dave, I know we talked. We got to do pilot shows again. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would love to do that again. I had a lot of fun uh, talking about th these older shows and their pilots. So we should pick a pilot then. What pilot, should, what, what, what pilot do you want to do? Uh, we could do any of the Star Trek shows from before. Um, you put me on the spot. I'm trying to think. Well, of, you know, um, we could do a. I mean, we could do a series of just Star Trek pilots. You know that, that that's a yeah. good idea. I mean, Star Trek's popular again. Hopefully, yeah. We we we, we should we should do the all the Star Trek pilots. We can do that. So do we want to just start in order and work our way up? I would definitely be for that. Uh, we, you know, we just ask M or Christy if they're on board. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right, we'll, put, we'll we throw that to. Go ahead. Yeah, we would just have to decide if we're going to do that, do we start with the cage or do we start with... Um, uh, our where no man's gone before. Yeah, yeah, our, where no man's gone before. Or why not both? Hey, I'm down for that. We can do both, <laughs> especially for, since that's an original series thing. So, mm -hmm. all right. Well, why don't we? Uh, why don't we plan on that? We'll, we'll we'll confirm that online. So go to our Facebook page. We'll let you know what we're doing regarding that. Uh, but I think that would be some great pilots to talk about the next time. Oh, definitely. That'd be fun. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I believe that's about it. As always, we would love to hear your thoughts. Visit our Facebook page. That's where most of the action is happening, although we are all on Twitter. And uh, you can also email us as well. You can visit us at scifidinerpodcast.com. No, the Russians have not yet hacked that site again. So we're still good. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're still good. Um, but I believe that's about it. Miles, why don't you take us out of the show? All right. Until next time, good night and good luck. We'll see ya. Go boldly. <laughs>